1: And subscribe to the podcast.
0: Hi, and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm David.
1: And I'm Sherry.
0: And today we have um, something exciting for us. We have our first guest speaker. And this is somebody that is going to share a lot of really good information with us. Uh, primarily around anxiety and our bodies and lots of different things. And so we're excited to be able to share and talk to her. And Sherry is going to tell us a little bit about who she is for good reason.
1: Yes, we are welcoming today my mother, Marianne Adams.
2: Thanks for having
1: me. Yes, so we're really excited. Uh, Marianne is doing her Psych D In, I'll let you tell us.
2: Well, it's basically on anxiety and the effect of anxiety on the body and on the mind and how to deal with that.
1: Yeah. So she has got some fabulous research that we're going to talk about because we have talked a little bit about anxiety. We have talked a lot about um, relationships, uh, loving better, and we've talked a lot about trauma and of course, anxiety and trauma are very related. And so she's got some great research that we're going we're gonna to share and talk about with how that affects ourselves and how that affects relationships. So if you'll remember way back, we've done episodes on love, how we love better. David had so much great information about that. We have, um, we've talked about trauma a number of times, how trauma affects our bodies, and so we get to talk about the actual neuroscience of some of this and the neuroscience and the physiological um, work that they've done. And that is really cool. So we're excited about this. Just tell us a little bit about some of this research that's been done, uh, neuroscience and physiology Um, that you're noticing uh, and finding as you're looking at um, at anxiety?
2: Well, I first uh, started studying this when I was doing my master's thesis. And one of the things was that the heart and brain, they were now able to measure the effects of anxiety on the heart and brain and seeing different changes in that. And that really fascinated me. So when I started to do my doctoral research, I did a lot of it on the physiological and neurological effects of anxiety on the heart and the brain. One of the things that I found was really fascinating was that, and this, this research that they were really getting some detailed information on, mm-hmm. uh, started with sports anxiety and for sports Um, high-level, how do we raise their ability in in sports? So they're measuring these athletes and finding that their heart rates, uh, there was a micro sawtooth pattern in their heart rates, and as they were going through and coming in for specific issues to improve their ability, and they would work with a sports psychologist. As they would release some of those traumas, they found that their uh, micro sawtooth patterns in their heart beats would smooth out.
1: So when we talk about micro sawtooth patterns, we think about like a regular heartbeat, right, that you see um, that it goes up and down and up and down, tum-tum, right? Tum-tum. Yeah. yeah. And so the micro sawtooth patterns you're saying
2: as a person has trauma um there will be a little there's a there's a, uh,
1: so the ying. straight lines in between those mountains and valleys get little jagged edges on
2: yes them. they do and that's from traumas and as a person releases those traumas that smooths out and with these athletes they found that they're not only the things they came in to improve with sports psychology, the specific issues they might have, they found that their entire performance would improve as traumas were released.
1: Interesting. And so with these little micro soft tooth patterns, did they know that those were there before? Does, does that yes, because they're you?
2: measuring them all along. So they come in and they're measuring their heartbeat, whether they're measuring their abilities as they are measuring as they are in uh taking sessions during like a week-long camp or whatever and they could see these changes as they were going and document oh my gosh when you release traumas you are improving all kinds of things in the body
1: interesting and this is something they they've always known about these micro sawtooth patterns right because they've done these EKGs and all of these things for a long time, and what did they think they were previously?
2: I um, I don't know. They,
1: <laughs> they just they I didn't just really know, know what that, they were. They I just they were know
2: <laughs> that when we were doing these um, sports psychology things, um, these workshops, they were like, "Wow, these are they're connected," changing. and we didn't know they they were connected before. They just thought that everyone had a unique pattern. And that um, it was just like unique as your fingerprint, and then they realized, and oh, because it doesn't
1: change. When yeah, they just thought, oh, well, they this thought is it a was just how it was. Changed. But
2: then when they started to release the traumas, they saw that the patterns were changing.
1: Interesting, which I think kind of goes into what we're noticing in the research too, with you know DNA and things like that. That we thought, oh, these things don't change; they are what they are. And now all this research is coming out. We're saying, actually, everything that you do every day starts to change your DNA.
2: Yes, and that epigenetics is really interesting, that, that change that happens with the DNA. The DNA, it's really the DNA expression that changes. The epigenetics is really interesting because they used to think, when they first found that the genes changed like that, they thought it was just transgenerational. So a parent would have a trauma, and then they would find that same gene expression happening with the child. But then they took it back four generations, and they had a great-grandparent exposed to a trauma. They found the gene expression changed in the third generation. Then there was no trauma in the, the second generation, And still would have the gene in the first generation. So they know now that that can be a four generational thing where it passes down, a gene change will pass down four generations. But they're also finding that if if a gene can change in a negative way, it can also change in a positive way. And so it's really exciting to think that when we release traumas ourselves, we are, we are blessing generations that come after us.
0: I was just going to say, this is really cool stuff. And if we had to take all this really awesome science and big words and everything and just kind of break it down to, you know, somebody who's hearing this and listening to this and saying, yeah, I recognize trauma in my life or definitely in the lives of my parents or grandparents, um, what can they take from this? What's the good news or the message for them?
2: The good news is that when you address trauma and you take that initiative, you are changing your life and many, many other people's lives. Not just your, when you change your life, you will also change the people around you, but you will change generations that come. It's
0: so real exciting. That's a lot of motivation. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's awesome.
1: So we have so much research that we're talking about. I want to come back to this the sawtooth pattern and and thinking about, you know, we've talked about trauma before, we've talked about trauma and the effects in the body and um, listed a bunch of different things that when I have clients come in that have trauma that I'm wondering about, you know, how's your thyroid? How are your adrenals? you know, how do you have any autoimmune issues, things like that. We've talked about that in other, episodes, but this is really fascinating because we're actually looking at your heartbeat and your heartbeat affects so much of what is going on in your body. And when we think about, you know, I'm thinking about these high performance athletes that are shifting their performance based on working on trauma, working on Hard things that they're coming into, and that how that completely changes their performance and heals in effect their heartbeat. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is so incredible,
2: yes. And that isn't just happening for high end athletes. (laughs) When we,
0: because I'm not a high end athlete, so
2: (laughs) When when we heal our own trauma, our own bodies are performing at a higher level. We won't get as tired. We won't burn as much glucose. Your brain runs on glucose. You're going to think more clearly. You're going to be able to respond more clearly. It's a big deal when we address our traumas.
1: And I think when we talk about traumas, and we've talked here before about big T traumas and little t traumas, that there's such a range of these, these things that we need to be aware of and You know, if we think about how that helps us to have this increased performance really in our lives, mentally, emotionally, and physically. I mean, this is just, it's so so big. And we're going to talk in our next episode about, okay, so what does this look like then and how do we really connect with ourselves? But as we're talking about, trauma and the effects of trauma really what it does is it disconnects it's a disconnecting mechanism right it disconnects us from ourselves and it disconnects us from others
2: well the other thing that's really interesting about this research is that when they have found uh, that teams work on their trauma you know you might have a whole sports team and as they come in and work on their own traumas they actually connect better and they've got research now that when people are working together, their heartbeats will sink within just a few seconds. Or when they're they're truly working together, their brain waves start to oscillate together. So when we address our own trauma and others around us address their trauma, we are able to connect in a level that we don't quite understand yet, but we can measure.
0: So you're saying that couples would be benefited by one or the other or both working on their trauma as a relationship they would improve.
2: Absolutely. In
0: ways that are um, just now being discovered. Well, you know, this brings up a really good point too. Men and women... What what is the research showing about trauma or anxiety and differences maybe between men and women?
2: Oh, yeah, there's a lot of differences. Um, There's a study that, okay, so one of my specialties um, is performance anxiety. And in doing the research on that, they found that when men and women were performing and they were measuring the levels of several biomarkers, like your adrenaline and so forth in the system, they found that men, after a musical performance, their adre- their adrenaline would drop almost immediately, quite fast. But women's adrenaline in their system could stay up to 24 hours. And so when we are looking at the effect of trauma, say, on a couple, it's going to be extremely different
1: for men and women. Fascinating. I just think about that in terms of, you know, how often when we're talking to couples and Relationship issues and things you'll see, the the male often is like, okay, we're done. Like we had that fight, and
0: and, and now this makes sense from another perspective, other than he's just kind of being a jerk. <laughs> it's kind of the way his brain is built, maybe a little differently, yes. or at least his hormones.
2: Brains and body. It's not just the brain. It's the brain and the body. The sensitivity, the norepinephrine system, um, records and remembers events, um, it's very much heightened when there's adrenaline in the the body. And so a woman is going to remember and respond to um, trauma kinds of things at a higher rate than a man is. And so when they're working together, they really have to be sensitive to each other's differences and really respect that. Now, that means that a woman is going to be more alert and more aware. That's a good thing. Yeah. Sometimes we think, oh, you're overreacting or whatever, right. but it's actually a really good thing.
0: There's a, a basis for that. Uh huh.
2: And when a woman can respond to a man and uh, react to them respecting that difference that they have, and a man can react to the woman respecting the differences that they have, you actually will come to solutions and resolutions better. But when they don't respect each other and they don't realize that there are these innate differences and work with those differences, then it can be that disconnection which makes the, you know, that disconnection even stronger and cause even more adrenaline and even more reactions in the physiological... Aspects, yeah.
1: I'm just, my mind is just kind of being blown here, and I'm thinking about all of the different, you know, spaces that that shows up, right? Like just in an argument that can show up, and, you know, you we see this a lot, right? And, and the man is like, okay, I'm done. We <clears throat> did that, and I went out and mowed the lawn, and everything's, you know, different now, and everything's fine. And then you see the woman... Um, really, you know, six hours later getting ready for bed and she's still feeling it. And that that is simply a normal pattern and um, can be so beneficial, as you're saying, if you're noticing some of those shifts and some of those changes, that, okay, so maybe we need to address a few things a little differently in our relationship. Maybe we need to... Both sides can, okay, well, my brain is just going crazy, right? Because we talk about my big thing is healthy living is balanced living, right? We want to come to that center and that true healthy living in a relationship is coming to the center of those two different um, ways that the body responds that maybe we want to be aware of what things need extra attention, Right, where that, that female side, we need to be aware of that. And then what things maybe don't need quite as much attention that we can address a little co- more quickly and, and bring that male uh, response and perspective in. And really, the awareness I think, you know, David's always talking about that empathy and that loving and acting in those loving ways. And when we're aware of that and working together with each other on those differences and noticing and having that communication that's really going to create then some of these similar heart wave patterns where they start working together that brain waves you know Mm -hmm. and creating this incredible synergy that you know we don't even understand
2: that's right and and women don't have a choice You know, it's not like the woman's, like, holding on to a grudge. It's like the body, the brain, the physiology, it doesn't come down. And uh, when you have a lot of adrenaline in your brain, it shifts what part of your brain is actually even working. And it shifts you from the prefrontal cortex, which is the problem starting, problem party of the brain, to amygdala and limbic systems, which are much more reactive and much more emotional. And so as we are protecting each other and understanding, as the woman is protecting and understanding the man and how he reacts, and as the man is protecting and understanding how the woman reacts, yes, you do create that synergy to solve problems. And the reverse is true. If we're not allowing space for that understanding and those inherit differences that are physiologically built into the di- into the body then we can cause a discord that we don't want to happen so right. it's really wonderful to have this research and these perspectives that you know really help us out
1: when i think for for women too i think it's helpful to say look that's that also that guy can't help that either right mm-hmm. <laughs> there's they're, they're done. It's dropped and it's, you know, it's different. And that also means that they're going to be able to shift into their prefrontal cortex more easily. Mm -hmm. And so that I think starts blowing my mind. I start thinking about, okay, so interesting how we have this, you know, concept in society about men are the fixers and they just want to get in there and fix it. And it's like, okay, well that makes so much sense Mm -hmm. because they're, Uh, all of their stress hormones have dropped and they're in their prefrontal cortex, ready to go, ready to problem solve. And, um, and so that balance again, you know, I think a lot of, I hear so often, why did God make, you know, men and women so different? It's so frustrating. But when we think in terms of that healthy living is balanced living, there are these differences that really can create an incredible relationship that is so different than you get in any other way.
2: That's right. And I was in a seminar then once where they said a woman will see the problem sooner than a man and a man will usually, will oftentimes find the solution sooner than a woman. Well, now we have this research that backs that up. And it's, it's really fun when men and women can start to understand that and work together on that. If a man will respect that a woman is seeing a problem and a woman will respect the solutions a man is kind of coming up with, then you can get to better, um, a better scope of, pro- of problem-solving and quicker problem-solving than you might otherwise have.
0: I love this. Um... It sounds like opportunity
2: mm. to me
0: <laughs> because we already talk about, you know, men compartmentalize so much more, but this kind of explains why. And it makes sense why you would sort of need both um, in a relationship or let's say in a family setting and both have benefits and both do different things. And so it kind of just points to how well things can fit instead of kind of an old view of why can't you be more like me Or, why do you hold on so long, which, you know, Mm -hmm. can bring resentment and frustration when it doesn't need to be that way? But, like you're talking about, if we um, can honor those strengths and be aware of them and use them and benefit from them, it's just a better relationship. So, I really like that.
1: And I think that, you know, is really powerful when you're saying, look, if you're respecting that, and again, going back to all the words that, you know, That David uses as we're moving into empathy and that softness and that, you know, openness and willingness and, you know, all of that, that allows those energy fields, right? That we don't even understand what they are, just that, you know, you were talking before we started recording that our hearts put out an energy field that Mm -hmm. is measurable, Um, a few feet outside of your body and that can even move closer or further right we can move those energy fields she's nodding her head (laughs) (laughs) yes they can move yes Yes. yes.
2: (laughs) and they are large and we don't actually even know how far the energy fields extend but we do know that they go many many feet out
1: and so we can and so we don't really understand how that works, right? How the hearts sink and the brain waves sink, but we understand that there is this energy field that comes out from us. And so when we're checking ourselves in our relationship and taking accountability for our part, how, where is our heart, right? Are we, are we soft and honest and open and willing? Um, Because that is coming out and, from our bodies right and that's connecting with the other person and that is going to shape right we think again it's bringing so many pieces together right our our circles and our venn diagram in our relationship that we each are separate but then we have this relationship circle that is a separate entity that we've created that's what we're creating and so you can either have that honest and open and willing and soft space that you're working with the other person and then you're going to get those brain waves and heart waves moving together or you can come at the relationship and at the other person with that uh, resistant or closed or resentful space and that is going to keep, that's going to present a completely different energy and you're not going to be able to have those, that sinking happen. So really this, these differences and how we do this can either further disconnect and really start building even more walls, or they can create something that is completely this, the synergistic space that ends up taking on a life of its own, the, the relationship.
2: That's right. And, and whether you've had severe betrayal trauma or something like that, I mean, this is just a normal kind of thing. Whether, you know, it, say your relationship didn't even have any trauma, and you were, you know, you still have these components you're working with. And that, and when you have the layer of trauma on top of that, then it becomes even more important to realize these differences and to work together. But, Um, Just like was said, it is an opportunity. It's this wonderful opportunity to develop a closeness. um, And whether it goes to a hard spot that makes it worse or a soft spot, that makes it better. It's it's whether we take advantage of that opportunity.
1: This I, is amazing. I'm just I'm loving this and loving all the connections that are being made to so many things that we talk about. Some of the things that we understand as therapists and in society, and we're we're seeing the research in the body that is uh, backing all of that up. Um, and I really. I really think this is so powerful and really getting down to the root of, look, this stuff affects us so much more than we think. That mind-body connection, I feel like the more research that comes out, the more research that comes out, it just is showing this is so much more a thing than we had any idea. And so what does that then mean as we're experiencing stress, trauma, anxiety in our lives, What is that going to end up meaning for us? And how do we need to be mindful and aware of ourselves like we were talking about before that disconnecting space? So tune in for that, and we will talk about that next time.
0: We look forward to continuing the conversation in this second episode. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.